0: and welcome to First and Goal, the hardest hitting up and coming ACC and SEC football podcast on the internet today. It is Thursday, April 7th in the year 2022, and I am your host Ben, and I am ready to talk some football, and I am sick and damn tired of the weather we've had this week. We apologize for the delays, y'all, but you get two days back-to-back of t- tornado warnings going off nonstop. That's just not exactly podcasting weather, well, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely, man, absolutely. This weather has just been something
1: fierce, man. I <laughs> the other day, it seemed like every five minutes, there was a tornado warning going off. Just, just about every five minutes, and it was all surrounding <laughs> us. And then the very next day, yesterday, they were popping off, you know, every... Every Ten, fifteen minutes after that, too.
0: It was. This has been a crazy time. It's been a little wild, man. It's, it's been something else. I gotta tell you, I didn't know. I did not know we lived in Tornado Alley out here in <laughs> South Carolina. a sudden. Yeah, it was a little hectic. I mean, you got a little piece of quiet Hill out here in my area, but we ain't been nothing but tornadoes the last two damn days. Every time we turn around, I'm saying, "Well, hopefully the house is there." <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. mean, damn.
1: Absolutely, man. And that's that's the great thing about having a brick house, I guess. Huff and puff, but it won't blow the house down. I May mean, take your roof off, but it won't blow the house down.
0: Knock on some wood. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. But even with all this crazy springtime weather, there's one beautiful upside to all this. And that is football season. Football season, man. The spring football season is here. I'm telling
1: you, I am telling you, dude, from now until May 1st, every weekend, even a few Thursdays and Fridays, you're going to have some spring football to
0: watch on the TV. Absolutely, and I am beyond pumped about it. I mean, everybody kept talking about it. It's hoping day for MLB. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I don't mind a baseball game every now and then, bro, but if football's on TV, we go home with the contact. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You gotta have it, man.
1: No doubt about it, man. I like baseball just, just as much as the other person, but I'm with you, man. When it comes to football, ain't nothing better. No. Baseball takes second place, but go Braves.
0: Yeah. Yeah, go Braves. But, uh, man, I got to tell you, I am excited. We had some spring football on this past weekend. Did a little watching on that. And we also said when we came back, we were going to discuss the bluegrass state up there in Kentucky. Talk about Louisville and the University of Kentucky. We just we got a lot of things for you today, I mean.
1: Yeah, man, a little battle of the Commonwealth coming at you today.
0: That's right. We got a little bit of that. We also got some news, talking about a few coaches, seeing how their spring practice is rolling along. I mean, we're not going to be able to cover everybody because we'd be here from now to damn 1 o'clock in the morning talking that mess, <laughs> and I got to work tomorrow, man. Yeah, shoot, 1 o'clock, yeah, more than likely 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm telling you, man, there's way too much content. For one night.
1: Well, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Right now, it's just a treasure trove of a lot of things, man. You've got the portal in full effect. You've got spring ball. You've got injuries. You've got, you know, even the past to talk about from last year. I mean, there's just so much here. But we're gonna try to get it all to you as quick as we can.
0: Yes, sir. Speaking of transfer portal, we had a few more pop up in there here recently, didn't we? We sure did, man. We
1: sure did. Transfer portal. We're looking, we've got uh, Baylor Cup tied in from A&M actually entered the portal last week, uh, like the next day after we did the last podcast. Tyler Johnson from Texas offensive lineman. Uh, Doran Branch, a safety from Georgia. And another safety from Ohio State, a big five-star safety with John Cavazos entered the transfer portal. We also had a couple that entered the portal, you know, just today and yesterday. Uh, Offensive lineman Jonathan Dennis from Oregon. Uh, edge man uh, Mateo Sully Arkansas, Four star And Caden Clark Tied in He's uh, from Alabama
0: Damn right man I say what well, This NIL But I'm telling you This got This turned college football Into a free agency With the transfer portal well, It really has I'm
1: telling you man You You gain more respect For these players That Are dedicated To a school And refuse to transfer Even if There's a chance That they don't start they want to earn their place you, you've got to have more of a respect for that end of the thing.
0: oh exactly man i just i feel like you'll be a way better player and a way better human being in life after school and after football and everything else if you're one of those people that actually stays and says you know what i don't care what life throws me okay so what i'm down right now but i'm a fight and i'm gonna work harder and i'm gonna come back next year and i'm gonna get that spot i'm gonna put in the time in the weight room I'm gonna put in the time, trying to pick up my speed, build my strength, mm-hmm. master my craft, and I'm gonna get that spot next year.
1: And I'm gonna earn that NIL money.
0: That's exactly right. It's not. It's not just chasing something else for a little bit of playing time and a quick paycheck. Right. It just. Man, this thing's just. It is a pain in the ass. It's it's a pain in the ass, but at the same time, it does make for some hellacious content. Because I mean, I've never seen all season like this with so many transfers. I no. really haven't. No, I mean there's there's still a ton of transfers out there from,
1: you know, last month, the month before that haven't even committed yet. I guess they're trying to you know find the highest bidder before they commit.
0: That's right. That's right. Did any of those transfers you just name have any of them signed anywhere else yet? Or no, not yet. Not yet. They're missing no. a lot of valuable springtime. They really are. The good news for South Carolina, though, Corey Rucker actually committed
1: last week. From Arkansas State. He had 59 receptions last season for 816 yards and nine touchdowns.
0: Shane Beamer, man, I'll tell you what, he is eating a slap up at the transfer pool. He is taking full advantage of it.
1: I believe I read somewhere today, actually,
0: that after the Corey Rucker signing,
1: South Carolina now ranks third in the signing class for transfers in the SEC, and I believe it was either sixth or ninth nationally.
0: Absolutely. I mean, Bo, they have – they've taken a huge swing at this thing. I mean, they have gone after it in full force. But what's funny is South Carolina is one of the lower end schools as far as NIL money goes. So it actually is, it's really cool from the standpoint of looking at Bainwood where he's actually selling a program and not NIL deals, you know, absolutely. And getting these guys come in there and play football for a program and buy into a culture and a school. I love seeing that. I mean, I'm not knocking on you a and not. i <laughs> A&M. I'm not knocking on y'all. But let's face it, A&M's got the biggest money thing going on right now for NIL. I mean...
1: And I'm going to knock I am going to take my shot.
0: Well, Jimbo's sitting there screaming and crying at Lane Kiffin and these other coaches. Oh, it ain't got nothing to do in NIL. NIL ain't got nothing to do with it. Oh, crap. Three days later, you find out your quarterback's deal: what? Was it, Seven million? Eight million? <laughs> I believe it was nine million, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Shit. He got more money than Cam Newton. And not (laughs) to mention, I mean, like we told you last week, it was an offensive lineman that actually committed. uh, I believe uh, it was an offensive lineman. He was a five-star. that added to the class. He reclassified from 2023 as a 2022 grad now. He'd be coming in uh, in the summer. That's it.
0: Texas A&M or? Texas A&M. Damn my man. Yeah. I'll tell you what, they're bringing in the players. If they can't win a natty, though. It's a double-edged sword What he's doing right now Because he's bringing All this talent in there And I mean Just piling it in yeah. In my correction It's a five-star Defensive line Not an offensive line Okay, okay But it's a double-edged sword For him Because he's bringing All these players in All this talent Into this program With this NIL money That's a lot of money Going out there Yeah So all these people Just donating all this money All these sponsors And everything else They're going to expect results Yeah So basically What they're saying is You got this is win now. Yep. You got right now to win. So he's got this year. And maybe next. Maybe next year. And if you ain't got a natty, if you don't at least have an SEC championship in the next two years, you put yourself in a corner, man. You're going to have to have an SEC championship
1: and at least a playoff appearance.
0: Or Well, I mean, if you win an SEC championship, that's basically a give
1: Yeah, yeah. But if you don't win an SEC championship, at least make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, yeah. So if he does not turn out some serious results in probably the next two years, he is not going to be in a good position. I can tell you that right now. Oh, no,
1: man. No, no, not at all. You know, especially with the, the board and, you know, all the the donations and everything that are coming in to support this NIL money. I mean, the, people are going to start getting stingy with their pocketbook.
0: Well, I mean it's it's getting just like the NFL. If you sign a player in the NFL to a forty million or fifty million dollar contract for say five years. Yep. And then you just stink it up. Or not even stink it up, but you don't say it's a running back, all right, he's been rushing for twelve hundred yards, thirteen hundred yards every season. Then the next season he only runs for nine fifty. Then the year after that, all of a sudden, it's an 870, 860, something like that, yards per carry drop down. And just keeps declining. What happens to that player, nine times out of ten, they find a trade or they them, eat the money, whatever they got to do. They say, okay, we're going to spend this money. We're going to have at least have to have some kind of results for it. Yeah. I mean, it puts yourself in one hell of a bind. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I
1: don't know. I don't know. It's this, this, this transfer portal stuff, it – and just recruiting in general anymore, man. It's just got just got
0: way too complicated just within the last two years, really. It's gotten really, really wacky. But, like I said, as frustrating as it is from a fan standpoint, from someone that's doing a podcast and covering the sport itself, it also, once again, you've got a double-edged sword there. It's also a great thing because, I mean, it's like a never, it's never-ending it's never content. Yeah. We could literally not talk teams nothing. We could talk just transfers and recruiting. A plethora of uh, content. And you would have enough content to do a show three or four nights a week if you wanted to. Yeah. If you had time to commit to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's it's insane. It's really insane. There's more players moving around in college football and NFL right now. Yeah.
1: And, I mean, it's free agency in the NFL right now. For, and it's been a crazy free agency in the NFL. But I'm telling you what, the money has been on college football,
0: man. Who's going to go where? Who, well, put, put this into perspective for you, all right? Cam Newton, two years ago when he signed with the Patriots,
1: right.
0: he signed a one-year, I think it was like $1.5 million contract. Something, something like for that. For one yeah. year. This is a former, former NFL MVP mm-hmm. of the regular season. This is a former Super Bowl quarterback. He didn't win, but he went, took 18 to the Super Bowl multiple time. NFL playoff quarterback. Mm-hmm. You got a kid coming out of high school never took a snap, never took a snap in college football. Making more money. Yeah. I mean, you think you, you let that sink in for a minute. Not only that, I mean,
1: I think it was a guaranteed either seven, eight, nine million, something like that. But then just think of what he will earn once he takes the spot and how much more money he'll earn from other sponsors.
0: Oh, I'm telling you, man, it is it's out of sight. And I think basically inflation as a result, there's been an inflation in the NFL, because you look at all these mega deals, all these NFL players are signing out. I think a lot of what that is, you see in NFL, these giant contracts, these NFL players are saying, hey, man, I'm not signing for $10 million. These college kids are getting paid more than that. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Hell no. Yeah. We've prices going up, dog.
1: Yeah. And, you know, speaking of the transfer portal and NIL, NCAA president uh, Mark Emmert um, has actually – Discussed on multiple occasions about trying to get with Congress and trying to make a united law about the NIL because there's just so many states right now that have different laws that he says that makes it really more, really much harder to negotiate and everything to get a to get a universal thing in order.
0: Exactly, you're gonna have to come up with a united. Front on this thing, and you're going to have to come up with basically a salary cap, yeah, for the whole league all the way across the country. Every school has a cap, they can to spend this much all together, yeah, according to Mark Emmert on NIL per year. According to
1: Mark Emmert, there's 30 plus states that have different NIL laws, <laughs> and it's you can't get united when there's that many different laws out there about NIL
0: and make it a dead set amount. Per university per year, mm-hmm. and make it where it's not going to cover every player. Make it where, basically, you're going to have to pay that money to your seniors, your juniors. Or okay, you want to spend that money on a quarterback? That's fine. But now you got this standout player, this senior. You're not going to be able to cover him. Right. He can transfer out, go to another university, do whatever he's got to do. But make it where you got to find a way to bring it back to the schools. Yeah. Give the prestige back to the schools, the university, and the education. And personally, I feel like
1: these players should be earning the money from name, image, likeness. Oh, absolutely. However, I feel like it should be something set on – you get a fixed amount each year, and then at the end, once you graduate – then you get your money, the full check.
0: Yeah, you get a full check when you get that degree in your hand. Yep. That would be great. I, I really like that. You either get it when you get your degree or, well, hell, say I started to say when you go to NFL, but even then, I mean, that would kind of kill. I agree. I like that. You get a certain amount, you only get a slight amount of what you got. And the rest of it's incentives. Mm-hmm. And it all depends on you getting your degree yep. or playing three years of college football, say. Yeah. For the something. I, I can get that. I like that. I can get down with that rule.
1: I, I'm Just thinking about that, man, Just it just makes a lot of sense simply because when you're coming out of college, and a lot of kids are not going to go to the NFL. Let's just be honest. A lot of these players aren't going, or they're not going to get drafted, and they're you know down to teeny tiny money when you get on you know picked on with the scouting team or whatever. But with this, you actually have the money to be able to go out and start your own business, buy a house.
0: That's exactly right. You got enough money to get your life started when you get out of college. Get your feet on the ground and get moving. Yep. No, I, I can agree with that 100%. I really like that. But. Did you hear the uh, news coming out of Pitt this week? Ain't no damn telling.
1: <laughs> Pitt actually extended Pat under Nardusi's contract through 2030. Really? The terms of the contract, whenever I saw that, they, they hadn't come to light yet, so I'm not really sure if that's came came to light yet. But, yeah, they extended his contract to 2030.
0: They do realize Kenny Pickett left, right?
1: I reckon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm just picking it. I'm, I'm just cutting full pit fans. Don't, don't come down here with a mad posse of pitchforks and try to burn me at the damn <laughs> burn me steak or something. huh? uh now, but that's just, that's jumping the gun a little bit. I think I could see you giving them like a two-year extension or something like that, maybe after winning an ACC title, but that's a long extension. That'd be one hell of a buyout. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, especially when you're losing a lot of star players, man. I agree, man, especially that quarterback, man, it's gonna be hard to replace
1: that, you know, especially especially one that put up the numbers that uh, King Pickett did.
0: Exactly. And the slide. I mean, let's face the facts, the ACC last year was wide open, and don't get me wrong, it's wide open again this year. Mm-hmm. But it's a whole different league this year. I mean you look at some of these new coaches and you know, all Brett Pry, Virginia Tech. He's got Tony Elliott, Virginia. Crystal ball down there in Miami. Mm-hmm. And you still got Clemson. Mm-hmm. You still got Wake Forest. But you still got a lot of damn good programs. Florida State, well, they're doing similarish <laughs> things down there. I don't know what the hell's going on with that right now.
1: Okay. So, and I saw, you know, we're on YouTube now. So y'all see me just put my head down. What Ben's referring to is last season. Florida State had, I believe it was two or four. Four. It was four coaches that came in. None of them were alone, But they came in and they did. Three of them were formerly from the University of Florida. Yeah. I think one was University of Miami. I think so. But they came in and they called plays in the uh, spring game. Yeah, for the last quarter. For the last quarter. Guess what's going on again this year?
0: It is alumni this year.
1: It is alumni, former players coming in. But, man, to me, spring isn't just about getting your players ready. It's about getting yourself ready, getting your play calling ready, getting back into the groove from a long hold.
0: Three quarters just ain't going to cut it. No, I mean, you got your scrimmages not leading up to where you can say you got some football. My whole thing is if you're. If you're rebuilding a program or attempting to rebuild a program and you're not there yet, you're only winning five games a year, two games one year, four games, five games, whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're not having a whole hell of a lot of success. You need to be spending all of your time and damn near all of your energy into building a culture and getting this program back to where it needs to be. You need to be dedicating yourself 100%. And you can say, oh, I'm getting national attention at the university. That's helped build the culture. No, that's not building the culture. To me, this is more so of publicity stunts. Right. More publicity stunts. and It's more about Mike Norvell. Getting
1: Mike Norvell's name out.
0: Than it is Florida State. Yeah. And I just... I don't know, but it just chaps my ass. Like, Mike, I want to see you do good, man. I want to see this program come back, and I keep. I talked them up last year. <laughs> you sure did. I hyped them up, and they made me look like a jackass. <laughs> and then we talked about it another day. I said, "Man, I really, I don't know. Something's telling me that it's just gonna turn around. I just got a feeling. I got a feeling." And then this stuff comes out this past week, and I said, oh, damn, here we go again. (laughs) Let me go ahead and get my paper bag ready.
1: (laughs) I want to be sold on Florida State. I would really love to say that they're doing great things, and and really they are. When you look at, you know, spring practice and everything. But there again, man, you see some players excited when you watch the practices. Then you see other players just going through the motions, like nobody's really home. That they don't really want to be there, and you can't—you can't have that. Even in spring ball, you just can't have it.
0: I just—I don't know. Like, I'm not say the players checked out. I ain't, I'm, I'm not going to say that, but this whole thing—it's not—it's not clicking. It's not clicking. You got a little too much of this and this and all that right there, but it's not fitting the way it should. It just doesn't feel like a fit. There's, there, it just don't feel like there's any. Community. No, I'm not gonna say there ain't team unity. I think the players, it's just something between the higher ups and the players. It's not clicking. There's something not getting through. It's just not. It's not right. It's not right. It was very similar when Willie Taggart was there, honestly. It just didn't. It never meshed. It really reminds me a lot of the Will Muschamp days in South Carolina. Oh, hell, the Muschamp days of Florida. Yep. It just doesn't feel right. I want it so bad. Yeah. I want it so bad to be right, man. Damn, I want to see Florida State do good. I would love to see the
1: days of the classic rivalry of Florida State and Miami. Florida State, Virginia Tech. Florida State, Virginia Tech. Virginia
0: Tech, Virginia. You know, but these programs have got to get it together. And I mean, some of them some of them do feel like they make a turnout, but I mean you look at you look at Miami right now, look at what they got going on down in the spring, listen to the feedback from the players, watch their practices, look at the body language the whole nine yards. And look at Florida State. Yeah. In year one with Crystal Ball, you see a significant difference. Oh dude, everybody is just focused. Laser sharp. Yeah, the season hadn't started yet. This man's only been there for a few months. Yeah. And you see a very significant difference from this year to the next year. There is you look at Virginia Tech with Brent Pratt and Justin Fuente. You look at the team last year. The year before that, you look at their spring footage, even their regular season, look at the body language, all that. Listen to the players talk, coaches talk. And then look at them now this spring with Brent Pride. Look at the electricity. Look at the chemistry. Everybody's got that spark in their eye. I mean, everybody's got all that energy, and they're just fired up. You can see it. You can see the heart. You can see the culture changing before your eyes saying, damn, this team's hungry. This looks like a team's ready to play football. These guys are serious. They're bought in. They're ready to go. And when I look at Florida State, it's like I see guys that want to win, but they're like they're not sure how to go about getting there. Like it's just out of the reach of their hand. And it's right there, they can't reach it, and they're just standing there. They're not at this point. They're not even jumping for anymore. They're saying, "Well, maybe, yep. maybe it'll come down here to me. Maybe instead of me <sighs> go elevating myself to get there, I just feel like there's a lack of leadership at Florida State." Something just ain't. I don't know what the hell it is. I can't put my finger on it. I really don't. The publicity stunt stuff, I don't get that whatsoever. It gives me a headache. Makes me feel like a jackass again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what to expect with it. I'm not going to write them off. I refuse to write them off. But just in a couple weeks' time from while I was looking at them a couple weeks ago and then seeing this crap this week here, they say history repeats itself. Yeah. And the definition of insanity, as we've said many times before on the show, is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Yeah. And I've seen a little too much of the same crap going on year three now. I mean,
1: even, even if you look at the practices, where do you see normal half the time? Talking with reporters, goofing off with other people. He's not really, from what I've seen. I could be wrong, but from what I've seen, he's not really paying that close attention to the team.
0: He's more focused about the social club. I can't say nothing. Dabo Sweeney's very much the same way with Clemson (laughs) practice, but Dabo Clemson keeps kicking ass. But the thing about Clemson, man, is they had. Keyword
1: had all the right assistance in place to where Dabo didn't have to coach.
0: He's had to coach. I mean, he's been there long enough now. He's had to coach. Can't make no mistake about that. But Dabo has a good culture and he has a good formula. He's figured out what works for him. He's going with it. Mm-hmm. Where Florida State, you got a team that's not making bowl games. Not playing very good football, but then you got a coach of staff and staff that's acting like they just went twelve and zero, or acting like they just won ten games. And you can't just sit there and say, "Oh, we're the Florida State Seminoles." Right. Years ago, you could do that, and everybody would instantly buy in. Everybody's like, "Yeah, that is Florida State Hill. We know who you are. Yep. We ain't worried about what we see." But let's face it: the last six, seven years now, Florida State is not. They've not been Florida the State. They have not been relevant, and hell, and we're gonna say state. at least five years. And really, the same goes
1: for Miami. The same would go for Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. I mean, there's so many teams that have such a rich culture that are just striving to get back to the glory days. And you've got to have somebody there with a desire the want to get you back to those glory days. Cristobal, prime example, man, alum, coached there before as well. I was there for a natty. Want and natty playing line. And look where they're at now, man. All the excitement that's going on, the electricity that's in the air. Pull up it on YouTube, man. You could see all of the the big...
0: Yeah, go to their Twitter. Go to their yeah. Instagram. Go to Facebook. Go on YouTube. Go wherever you want. Hell, if you're in Florida, drive down South Beach. You'll see it. Yeah. Hell, they've been welcoming people out there to practice. Yeah. That's absolutely. how confident in what they're doing is, I mean, you can see it. Hell, they look damn good. They really do, man. Look at Virginia Tech. Yeah. I had not seen that kind of intensity there since Frank Beamer was there. No. And Bud Foster. Absolutely. That coach of staff, I mean... It's it's a big difference, and I mean Florida State they got a new weight room. You're like, okay, well they're doing things to help the culture, doing things to get attention there, and they've been bringing in some pretty good recruits. But they also have had some guys been hitting the transfer portal, mm-hmm. rolling on out of there, and it's just there's too much shakiness, man. Absolutely, man. And that brings me up to the next topic I want to
1: discuss. Just like last week, we did an ACC coaches poll, and this time around we asked who you thought would be on the hot seat after this season. Mike Norville, Florida State, came in with the most votes. Jeff Collins at Georgia Tech was a close second. Scott Satterfield came in third. And then Dino Babers from Syracuse came in the last place. D.O. Babers has really been turning around compared to Syracuse. He had a good season last year so I can see why he would come in last place in that fall. Syracuse? Yeah. He didn't have a very
0: good year last year. He beat teams that he wasn't supposed to by big numbers. He beat a few teams he wasn't supposed to but he also lost some he wasn't supposed to lose either. He had a decent year. We ain't going to say he had a good year. We didn't say he had a good year. He had a good year for Syracuse. He had an okay year. It was 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 (laughs) alright. Wasn't nothing great. He got from point A to point B. Yeah, I mean he got. But one. he made changes. Also, he's seen errors, and he made changes. You look at the spring game the other day. Syracuse last year couldn't throw the football. But it was terrible. <laughs> it it was awful. <laughs> I mean, it was shameful. I could, I could fling boogers farther than they could throw the football last year. I think I could fly a kite more accurately. <laughs> it was it was. One of the worst passing attacks in all of college football last year. It was probably one of the worst passing attacks in all of college football in the last five damn years put together. It was was sinful. Yeah. Brought in an offensive coordinator. Went out and got a made man, so to speak. Got the OC from Virginia, the Cavaliers. Brought him over. You watch that spring game. It don't even look like the same team. It really don't, man. I mean, they're out there throwing the ball all over the place. Got some design quarterback runs. Did not have as many design halfback plays mm-hmm. as I would like to see. But that Syracuse offense looked just like Virginia's offense last year. Yeah, Very productive, very much big plays, a lot of explosion. And that backup quarterback, man, he had an arm, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He looked good. I mean, this is always your second-string quarterback. Yeah. First string was hurt. He, was, he wasn't he able to compete. But. Yeah, pulled a hammy. Yep. But this coach went out and addressed his problems where he saw issues, went out and made a big fix, moved forward with it. Florida State, has there been any changes made down there? Nothing I'm aware of. No. It's still rough. And speaking of changes, man. Louisville made some big changes this offseason, too. But Louisville made a lot of changes. A lot of changes. Yeah, we have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, six three, four, five, coaching changes. Exactly. <laughs> I know
1: they got a new offensive coordinator from Notre
0: Dame. What was his name? Big name. Lance Taylor. Lance Taylor. The same man who helped create Christian McCaffrey, Kelvin Benjamin, old, um, Robbie Anderson, I mean, when they brought up the list of former players he had coached, it was like 17, 18 different guys. They're big name NFL stars. Mm-hmm. And they're all products of his system. Yeah. And, I mean, he's always been known for very great rushing attacks, but more so balance. And he said he was going to come to Louisville, balance this offense out. The days of Malik Cunningham getting more yards in the season than tailback, we're going to try to cut that nonsense out. We're going to try to make him more of an NFL-style quarterback Mm -hmm. where he can move around and he can throw. He can run if he has to get away, but it's going to be a throw-first mentality around there. No more of this fancy, (laughs) crazy-ass Lamar Jackson (laughs) stuff going on. It
1: it really shows, too, man, because that that running attack that they had in the spring game, that was just freaking awesome, man.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's what he's been known for mm-hmm. as a great rushing attack. And See, that's what Louisville was really missing last year was a good ground game. Instead, you're having to rely on Lee Cunningham for everything. Right. If they can figure out that rushing game, get him some time back in the pocket, get him where he can get some receivers open, then hell, if anything... Get the covers downfield, where if he does scramble, everybody's not stacked on top of him. Yeah. It gives him a little bit of room for a bigger play. That could be a very much a team to keep an eye on this year.
1: It really could. And the biggest thing that Louisville had going bad for them last year was that defense. And they addressed that in the offseason, too, and brought in a new co-defensive coordinator, Wesley, a.k.a. Coach Crown McGriff. Yes, sir. Coach what? Coach Crime. Coach Crime? Crime. You
0: remember the crime dog, Fred McGriff? Oh yeah. <laughs> Man, that went over my head.
1: <laughs> Yum.
0: Yeah. But uh Yeah, they brought in another brought in another co-defensive coordinator to help fix this defense up. That's gonna be good news. Brought in O line coach Nick Carwell. Gonna fix this O line up. I mean and this is a team that won a bowl game last year. And they said, okay, we're still not where we want to be. Mm-hmm. So that gives me respect to Scott Satterfield. Yeah. Because I was—I ain't gonna lie, I had, and I've been open about it, I've had a little bit of doubt about Satterfield. I've wondering yeah. if he was really bought into this program, had a lot of questions for him. But when you address issues like this after a six-win season, that shows me, and it's going to show your players, this guy's bought in.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. He is...
0: His name is on the line, and he's going to do whatever he can to make this Louisville team gold again. Exactly. I mean, hell, you look at the director of player development they brought in, Dion Branch, the wide receiver from the New England Patriots, won a few Super Bowls down there. Yeah. Former Louisville alumni, standout player. That's the hell of your player development. Yeah. And, uh, you know,
1: speaking of tight ends, man, tight ends coach, uh what was his name? Josh. Step. Josh Step. Yep. Brother of the Step out of South Carolina.
0: Justin Step. Hard brothers? Yeah. Damn, I didn't realize that. Yep. Smart identical world. brothers. Identical twins. Oh, boy. Whenever his picture
1: flashed that uh, his brother took the job at Louisville, everybody was calling Justin congratulating him on the new job at Louisville when it was actually his twin brother. Oh,
0: crap. <laughs> yeah, Justin, you need to stay your ass where you're at, man, don't Nuh-uh. hold <laughs> tight, brother. Hold tight. <laughs> but speaking of tight ends, old
1: Step is doing his thing down there at Louisville. He just actually got a commitment from a four-star tight end, Javante Vern, uh, V-E-R-E-R-N.
0: Well, the damn step brothers—they must be some hellacious recruiters, because you look at Justin step receiver coach, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Look at all the big-name receivers he's brought in. And a big influence Bringing them in there I mean he's turned that Recruiting around Big time Oh huge 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 And now Twin brother right there Louisville Doing the same thing With Ty And Alfred, Bringing in a four star I mean And when you're A smaller college I mean Louisville Ain't small But at the same time They're about like South Carolina Their division Yeah You start bringing In four star players That's that's big Yeah huge That's big And I mean You start bringing In some four stars Then you can start Working on some five stars Absolutely man Start that's building a awesome. program But it's just, it's real interesting, man. I mean, you look at Louisville, they had their spring game also, same day as same Syracuse. They had a lot of bright spots in that one. Like you said, they had a great ground attack. Mm-hmm. Malik Cunningham, he looked like he was struggling a little bit with the pocket pass and still like he had a little bit of happy feet. and Looked almost like he was frustrated going through the progressions. And It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because the last two seasons now, he's been doing it his way. Yeah.
1: The thing about Malik Cunningham that I noticed in the spring game, they wanted him to stay in the pocket, read all of his reads, and if they can, get it off, you know, to the, the safe valve, the safety valve down. He was able to do that quite a bit and was able to gain some good yardage. But when it actually came to the end zone, it seemed like he got in his own head a little bit where he's used to being able to take off and get it, you know, run it in for the touchdown himself. He was just overthinking it and he had. Quite a few overthrows
0: back there in the end zone. Yeah, it got a little frustrating. I mean, it's kind of like an old saying trying to teach an old dog new tricks. I mean, it's going to take a little bit of time. He's got a new system he's learning. And, see, if he's wanting to go to the NFL, the best thing he can really do in this situation is keep an open mind and try to take all this in because it's like Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. He went to the Ravens. He had a breakout year to start with, was the league MVP the following year. And then the last two years since then, he's actually had to basically reinvent himself because teams picked up on it and he started to struggle. And he's later than Malik Cunningham later in his career was having to basically learn the same thing Cunningham's doing now, learn how to be a pass first, go from option number one to number two, to number three, then look for your check down. Throw the ball away.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I mean, if he can soak this up now and get this down packed by the season starts, I mean, there's no telling what kind of potential this young man can have, especially at Louisville, where they really looked very explosive and impressive a lot of times last year.
1: Yeah. And I mean, in that spring game, man, the O line looked to be majorly improved from what they were last season, man. They really didn't allow much pressure on Cunningham that I was able to see. And not to mention opening up holes for the running backs, man. You know, it it was just – it was very refreshing
0: to see. No, it really was, man. And last year, Louisville really only had two games. Well, we'll say three where they really lost decisively. Right. Two blowouts. And then one 10-point game or 14-point game, one two-possession loss. Yeah. The rest of them was all one possession or less. Or a touchdown or less, excuse me, losses. So they could have very well been a three-loss team last year. And you're going out and you're making that many staff changes. You're making this big of a jump to get that much better because you were that unhappy with what you had last year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I my mean, bad, boat, but good. Go ahead. they could have very easily been 9-3. and 30. That's damn impressive. Yeah. And, I mean, look at the blowouts that they had,
1: man. Ole Miss, forty-three twenty-four, UK being 52 And then North Carolina State being twenty eight thirteen. Everything else was close.
0: Oh, yeah. It was damn close. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Clemson took them down to the wire. Mm-hmm. Lake Force down to the wire, Um, Virginia, down to the wire. I mean, Mm -hmm. dead nuts games, close, close football games, man.
1: Good football games. I mean, even, even in the blowouts that they had, first quarter or two was real close games until they got a beat on Cunningham and what he was doing. And then it was, you know, it was kind of over with at that point. But, I mean, it was just really, really good football.
0: That's exactly right. So it's going to be very interesting to see what Louisville does this year. Because, I mean, like we said, once again, the ACC is very much wide open this year. It's very at large. I mean, North Carolina, you got Sam Howley. Pittsburgh, you got Kenny Pickett leaving. Mm -hmm. Wake Forest, you do have Sam Hartman coming back. But Christian Bill Smith's at another team. That's exactly right. Bill Smith's gone. But Wake Forest. You can look for them to still be tough again. They got a great coaching staff down there. North Carolina, I'm kind of on the border with them. Virginia, you still got some good guys coming back from there. Brandon Armstrong, those guys, they're going to be tough. You talking a about
1: Brendan Armstrong?
0: Yes, sir. That's a hell of a quarterback. I mean, Miami, that's going to be a tough one this year. Yeah. Florida State, who the hell knows what's going on there? <laughs> Duke's got a new coach. So Duke. Duke. Yeah, the Boo Devils. Duke. The Boo Devils? Yeah, N- Duke
1: Nukem. The, the Boo Bull. Devils, Duke Nukem. Okay, okay, you're talking about the basketball school.
0: I don't even know if they're basketball school. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor guy. Poor Coach K. Man going out on his last year and gets his ass kicked by the same team twice, <laughs> and it's <robbed>. a <laughs> rival.
1: Take it easy, Coach K. Rest easy, buddy. Rusty, he ain't dead. No, but he's retired. He's, he's dead in the college game. Damn. <laughs> Easy. Speaking, speaking of college basketball, man, I just got to give a shout-out to the lady Gamecocks out down here in South Carolina. Congratulations, girls.
0: Yeah, Dawn Staley and her girls, they did the damn thing again. Put on an impressive run.
1: And, of course, we also got to give a shout-out to the men's basketball team, the Kansas City – or Kansas Jayhawks. They won the –
0: the natty in the men's division. Yeah, they did. I mean, shout out all of them. That's a hell of a sport. But uh, we talk talking football. Yeah, yeah, back to the football. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Seriously, seriously, congratulations to all of them. Wish them nothing but the best. Absolutely. Extremely happy for them. Absolutely. That's a huge accomplishment. Absolutely. But speaking of the running
1: game with Louisville, Jalen Mitchell coming back from last season, man. He was the best looking running back out there. He had three touchdowns, two of which were receptions to the you know, you know, to the to the escape valve down there that he was able to take in for, for Tubs. Three? Three touchdowns altogether, two
0: receptions. Well, that's the leading running back coming back. That was the leading You gotta think he was switching in and out with three or four different running backs. Well your quarterback also ran the ball more than anybody buddy else.
1: Well, no, I'm, I'm not talking about the last season. I was talking about for the spring game.
0: Oh, 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 my bad, my <laughs> bad. You had me all messed up. <laughs> yeah, if you me to on the spring game, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah I, didn't, I didn't write down the name of the spring game. I ain't going to lie to you all. <laughs> I watched it. I was going to write down some notes, but then you have a drink. <laughs> then another what? drink. What? Then another drink. What? Then a martini. What? I'm just kidding.
1: I'm just
0: kidding. I'm just kidding. But no, man, I just got watching the game. And hell, I got more into it. I really didn't write nothing down. Just was really surprised. I was really caught off guard with the whole the way the whole offense looked. Did I watch Syracuse the spring game? And I was really, I was blown away with that. Yeah, I could. I just, I couldn't believe that. That's Absolutely. A, that's gonna be another team. Like I said, ACC is wide open.
1: Absolutely, and that's what I love about the ACC is compared to the SEC, man. You In the SEC, you have two, three, maybe even four teams that usually are always on top,
0: whereas the ACC is just wide freaking open. Yeah, I mean, Clemson had their little reign of dominance for a little while there, but hell, even then, about once a year, one random ACC team would just show up and smack them around and yes. take a win from them. But, but even right now, I mean, Clemson... These other schools have just stepped up to where they're at the same level with Clemson. Clemson's not quite as good as they were, but. I mean, just think about it. North Carolina, NC State, Virginia, Syracuse, Miami.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean. Did you say Wake Forest? Wake Forest. <laughs> NC State? Yes, sir. Boston College. What? Duke. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stone <laughs> Cold comes back for one time in 20 damn years, and you over here still awesome 316 in it. <laughs> ah, damn. Yeah. But, no, for real, man. I mean, that's what I love about
1: ACC football. Once I started covering it, man, I could I've seen just how much everything just seemed to be – I don't want to say perfect, man, but everything you see
0: on play even playing—it's any given Saturday league, like in yeah. ACC. I swear, on any Saturday, any damn team in the ACC could turn around and beat another team from the ACC that they were never supposed to beat. I mean, it's just a—it's so even. I mean, hell, there's games where Duke shows up. Out of out, out of the out of the blue, I mean, Duke could be on five game losing streak and then they'll show up and they'll just take Clemson down to the wire. I yeah. mean, it's like, where the hell did that come from? I mean, it's it's crazy. I love don't go wrong. I love the SEC. I love covering them. I'm a diehard Gamecock fan to the end. But there's something more pure about the ACC. Yeah, when you start covering these teams, man, you really get open-minded. Like I said, I, started, I became a little bit of a Virginia Tech fan probably about who, six, seven years ago somewhere. It was right in the last couple of years, of Frank Beamer. It's probably about eight, nine years ago. I started following Virginia Tech, and I always liked Miami a little bit. Florida State paid a little bit of attention, to them, but I really started following Virginia Tech several years ago. And the more ACC games I watched, the more I was just like, Damn, you just—you really don't know on any game who is going to win. You really don't, man. And it's just awesome football. Every game is just awesome football. It really is.
1: Even when the ACC plays an SEC school, it's always usually down to the wire with the SEC schools.
0: Yeah, and I'll be the first to admit I used to rag the ACC. I used to be one of the, AC, the SEC guys who always said, Oh man, you can take one of our bottom feeders, put them in the ACC, and they clean the house. Yeah, I was one of those people don't <laughs> hate. Because I'm telling you, I have much more of an open mind nowadays, brother. I promise you. Because it's like you said, you can take a Wake Forest from the ACC and play him against Obama or a Georgia, and they might get their ass cut in kind of time with you. But there's going to be a lot of times where it's going to come, I mean, right down to the damn wire. Yeah. Look at Clemson. Bama had a dynasty, and Clemson was just pissing Bama off year in, year out on a regular basis. Yeah. They was pissing me off, too. (laughs) They've been pissing me off for about, let's see, eight years now. (laughs) Uh, Let's be honest. They've been pissing you. Pissing you off
1: for about 29 years now
0: Yeah but 8 years in a row man getting, <laughs> This year's 8 years in a row it kind of sucks it's getting, it's getting very very old It was getting old after the first one but damn
1: <laughs> Speaking of which Did you see where ESPN Had put out their Upset Alerts already Uh uh-uh. uh. They have Carolina upsetting Clemson this year
0: Really? Yes sir it's too damn early for that. Way too early. I mean, I like it. I'm down with it. <laughs> I hope them bastards is right. <laughs> but jumping the gun a little bit there, buddy. Just a little. Because you never know what the hell old Dabo is doing up yonder. Yeah, doing Dabo-ish things. It's like the damn Mad Scientist with Frankenstein <laughs> up there. Oh, goodness gracious. Which Brent Venables is gone, so I guess he's missing Igor. <laughs>
1: Uh, Venables is gone, so there goes Igor. His offensive uh, coordinator's gone. I
0: don't know who he would be. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Igor number two, maybe. I don't know, man. (laughs) Igor's Igor. He's got a lot of staff fixing to do this year, but I think he he can do it. He's got a hell of a mind. I'll give him that. I still cracked up with that damn thing you see on Facebook. (laughs) <laughs> he might be the dumbest son of a bitch I've seen, <laughs> but he sure runs fast. <laughs> that was great. Oh man, now it's hysterical. <laughs>
1: run, Dabo, run!
0: I'm gonna have so many of fans coming after me now because of that comment. Don't hate, guys. Don't hate. We're all from the same state. Come on now. <laughs> but come November, I'm just saying. Yep. We ain't friends for a date. No, no. <laughs> no, nah, we ain't friends for a damn week. <laughs> and if they win, it's going to be a couple weeks after we friends again. A little salty. Yeah, I, I shit. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. But what else you got left, man?
1: I want to talk a little bit about them Kentucky Wildcats.
0: Let's talk about them.
1: So, of course, their spring game is Saturday, April 9th. Got a little bit of news and notes from Kentucky. Um, we'll start out with the bad stuff first. Ray Lewis's baby boy, Sean Lewis, wide receiver, he was arrested uh, a couple weekends ago for DUI, and uh, yeah, we, he it was pretty a pretty bad thing. I
0: hate it for him, but I mean, he'll get through it. Yeah, just just young and dumb. That's right. That's nothing but a young and dumb kind of thing. And in today's world, a lot worse things have happened. Yeah, absolutely, man. But then again, it don't take but a few dumb mistakes, and you can lose your whole college career over it. There's a man who used to play for Carolina named Stephen Garcia. You can ask him. Yeah, absolutely, man. Just a couple of quick notes about some wide
1: receivers. Uh, Out of spring, you know, spring practices and whatnot. They're trying to find a replacement for Wendell Robinson. He was their go to target last season. And they've actually got a couple of different guys that they're looking at, some that are actually showing some promise Uh, Deckel Crowder, Chauncey Magwood, and two freshmen, Dane Key. And, uh, well, a, a freshman, Dan Keene, a sophomore, Chris Lewis. And uh, they've, always, they've all been showing promises. You know, the wide receivers coach has been doing nothing but bragging on them. Uh, so it's, it's going to come down to the wire on who's, who's going to be able to,
0: to really show up. That'd be interesting to see. I know – I couldn't believe how different their offense was last year. I mean, two years ago, it was like playing a wildcat, at quarterback every snap. Yeah. They just – they had a horrible offense two years ago. Yeah. But, I mean, that's – you know, that's what happens when you – Bring have, in a quarterback. Yeah, bring in a true quarterback. Yeah, you bring in Will Levison. A lot of people have question about Penn State. saying, "Oh, he he's not that good. That's why Penn State really didn't want him. And yada, yada, just a lot, whole lot of trash talking going on. He went to Kentucky and blew it off. I mean, he showed up and showed out on yeah. a big-time level.
1: Yeah, I, <laughs> it ain't going to surprise me if, uh, if he's not a first – Pick next year It will not surprise you
0: me You mean a first round?
1: Uh, the number one pick overall Will that Yes sir I don't see that I mean it may not happen But I'm just saying It will not surprise me The arm on this kid This kid's got legs When he has to have them I mean He's just He's just a well-rounded
0: quarterback In my opinion Very much so He makes a little bit Of careless mistakes still But I mean that can be corrected. So did Brett Favre. Come on now, <laughs> come on now, I'm to now you, you, you call hold up? You call a will Levis Brett Favre? I'm
1: not calling will Levis Brett Favre, but I'm also saying that uh, Brett Favre was a gambler just like will Levis.
0: Yeah, but Brett Favre knew what the other person had in their hand. Start with Brett Favre was a hell of a good. We, we are we talking young Brett Favre, or old Brett Favre? You gotta specify which one now. We gonna talk middle aged to late Brett Favre? But that's not fair because <laughs> Brett Favre well, I don't know. He had that one year at Minnesota Vikings. He was pretty damn good. And that kind of sucked. Well, that was a shitty year. He had to pay back somebody. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. We ain't discussing it. <laughs> Old Brett Favre did a stir. Well, the Packers did Brett Favre dirty. That's, that's what happened to it. I'm not a part of that fan base no more. Like I that's s-
1: all I got to say about that.
0: Kiss my ass.
1: I <laughs> um, was one other piece of news out of uh Kentucky camp. Defensive back Vito Tisdale torn his ACL and MCL will be out for the entire twenty twenty two season.
0: Damn it, oh, man. I hate to hear that. And spring ball your year's already over. Yeah. I hate that form. How many years of eligibility have left? Uh that I'm not sure about. I hope he I hope the same as last year. I hope. I think if it would be, he would still he would be able to medical redshirt for this year, unless he's already had a medical redshirt before. Yeah. Hopefully not. Hopefully it's not as last year. I mean, either either way, it's horrible. But yeah. Oh, that's Mark Stoops up there, ain't it? Yep, Omar. Yeah, Mark Stoops. They just keep getting better and better.
1: They really do. Speaking of speaking of coaches that can turn a team around quick, fast in a hurry, man. It only took Stoops, what, three, four years to turn that team around
0: completely? Yeah, really, about two years. Yeah. He was flipping it. Had them looking real good compared to what they have been. I mean, they had a couple of years there with Andre Woodson. where They looked pretty good. But no, I think they had a year, one year with Randall Cobb. They looked pretty good. Yeah. But for the most part, Kentucky has always been kind of like a weak force at ACC. Pretty much. And I said, damn, now I think about it, they both really kind of turned around right about the same time, too. Yeah.
1: That's what I love about college football, man. I mean, you get the right people in. I mean, any team can win on any given Saturday.
0: For the most part.
1: For the most part. But you got to have the right nucleus around you in order to be able to do so.
0: The, the nucleus is the center. The membrane. Yeah. Yeah, you got right membrane. Yeah. Atlas, We're just going to say you got the right atmosphere. There you go. But, yeah, Stoops has done a great job. The SEC East, man, don't get me wrong. That's going to be some exciting football in that division this year because I very much believe the SEC East this year could be very much wide open.
1: I do too. I do too. I think Georgia has lost quite a few big name people. I mean, <laughs> they lost just a little
0: too much talent.
1: I mean, the thing about Georgia, though, man, is they recruited well, so it may not be a rebuilding team. It could just be a reloading year.
0: Yeah, but one thing you cannot replace is experience. That's true. And all those guys had a bunch of it. Yes, sir. Georgia, I think they'll still be a strong team this year, don't get me wrong. I think they'll still be contending for natties in another year or two. But this year here, I look for them to get set back a game or two at least. Probably be a two- Two, maybe three, but I say definitely two-loss team this year.
1: I say maybe a two-loss team, possibly a three-loss, just depending.
0: I say definitely two, maybe three. Now you look at SECs this year, man. I mean, you got Josh Eichel, guys of Tennessee, and the hooker, mm-hmm. all them coming back. Yep. That's going to be a tough-ass team. Yep.
1: That's going to be one of those on-the-edge sort of games. Yes. Maybe it could go
0: either way. That's going to be a very tough team this year. Kentucky would go either way. Yeah, Kentucky very much could go either way. you got South Carolina coming back with just so many different pieces in there. And South Carolina-Georgia, I mean, you don't ever know what the hell you're going to get with that game. You really don't. Absolutely, man. I mean, the years that you
1: know for sure without a doubt, South Carolina is going to get blown away. It'll surprise
0: you. Yeah, you, you don't ever know with them. I mean, the East is really fascinating. Plus, you got Billy Napier down there in Florida. Mm-hmm. You don't know what the hell he's going to bring. And yeah, I feel like he's going to make a pretty decent turnaround in Florida.
1: I think, I think he'll eventually get a good turnaround in Florida. I don't know how quick it's going to be, though.
0: I don't know how quick it'll be, but I'm saying it would not surprise me at all in year one to see him pull an upset on like a Georgia or somebody like that, pull off a big upset game. Yeah. Might be Georgia, might be Tennessee, might be Kentucky. Hell, could be South Carolina. But Napier's gonna knock on wood. Napier's gonna get an upset on somebody. Yeah. I mean the SEC wide open. SEC West, I don't know. I mean, there's two teams, three
1: teams. I'll give you three teams.
0: You got Bama, A and M, and then. You kind of want to say LSU or Kelly, but I'd say Arkansas. That's who I was going with, Arkansas. Possibly even Ole Miss. Arkansas, Ole no Miss, not this year. They, no, lost.
1: they lost Matt Corral, yeah.
0: yeah. They lost a little too much. They didn't bring in that quarterback from USC, though, so that could be interesting. But Arkansas, I don't think they're on a natty contending level yet. Now, Arkansas, I do think they could upset a Baylor. They could upset A&M. They could upset anybody.
1: Yeah, any given day.
0: Yeah, that's a tough team to play. But the question is, can they do it on a consistent basis? Yeah, that's that's my thing. I don't know if they can contend for that SEC West championship yet. They might could they might could make it to the SEC West to contend Division. for the title. Yeah. I don't think it won time, I think they could contend for it. Yeah. But they're definitely not on a SEC championship winning level yet, I don't think. Playoff team see. level. Yeah, I can see that. A and M, they have to. In the next two years, they have to.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's there's no there's no way fans or butts about it. They're gonna have to or, or something's gonna be yeah.
0: yeah, you got this year and next year, and if something doesn't happen, there's gonna be a lot of changes being yeah, made. If you don't make it to at least the playoffs next year, mark my words, you'll see changes. That's exactly right. To see a bunch of changes. Yeah. But with all that being said, man, you got anything else you really want to touch on? I'm I believe I've about covered all I was wanting to talk about today. What about you? No, I think I good. I think I'm pretty good. Um just like always, man, if y'all don't mind, how about hit us up on Facebook, share this podcast episode? You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on Stitcher. You can see the episode on YouTube. Share it with your friends. Share it on your page, whatever you want to do. Absolutely. And like always, feel free To reach out to us, shoot us a message, hell, whatever. If you want to call into an episode one day, that's fine. I'm cool with that. Absolutely, man. Just hit us up on Facebook, you know, Twitter, you know, wherever you got to, man. We more than than want to talk football with you. That's exactly right. And to all the people that have been participating in our polls, I want to say thank y'all very much. Well, big thank you to you guys, man. Y'all mean the world to us. Absolutely. And I know Big Rob's going to keep having those polls pumping on out there. Yes, sir. Keep interacting with the fans, and I really appreciate the interaction. And everybody that tunes in, thank you so much.
1: Absolutely, man. Y'all mean the world to us. You'll never know how much you mean to us. Again, just hit us up. We love you. We'll see y'all next time.
0: That's right. Peace
1: out.